Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Now, if you don't know who my guest is today, you are truly living under a rock. Might be a comfortable rock, but you are living under a rock. Shannon Spotswood has hit the stage so hard that she is not only known throughout the industry as a mover, as a shaker, as a disruptor, but also as an unbelievable leader. And most importantly for this show, she is one hell of a marketer. Shannon, welcome to the show. I can't wait to be here with you, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to talk about three major things today. So we're going to be talking about time, right? That advisors just spend too much time doing stupid stuff. Number two, growth, right? So that's going to be another big component of what we're going to talk about. And three is why is marketing need to be so personal? So let's start right at the top, all right? You need to reassess your day-to-day activities. So many advisors just spend their time doing things that they shouldn't be doing that aren't going to help them grow. And you are an expert in this. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. Where do we go from there? I will tell you one of the greatest gifts that my father gave me is from a very early age, he drilled into my brain the following quote, and it is prioritize your time before you allocate your resources and always remember your most valuable resource is your time. And that is something that if you have as a lens for your life, you become obsessed with the highest and best use of your time. And as you know, you know a little bit about my background. I'm relatively new into the RIA wealth management space. I spent 20 plus years, the first you know chapter of my career on the institutional side of the business as a hedge fund manager, as an investment banker. So for me, when I come in and I see the data around advisors and we consistently time and time again, 80% of their time is spent on non-revenue generating activities, it boggles my mind because in, in a way it's so fascinating from a psychology perspective Because if you ask an advisor why they got into the business, you will hear a very passionate story about the call to serve and how much they get from what they do for their clients and partnering with them in their life and building this financial plan. So there is on one side, this, the reason they're in the industry, the reason why they're a financial advisor, their innate superpower is how they connect with clients and prospects. And yet they misallocate their most valuable resource and get sucked into things that not only are they not good at, that they don't enjoy, whether it's paperwork, whether it's administrative, whether it's managing their team, whether it's chasing 500 different bright, shiny objects on a tech stack. Thank you, Michael Kitsis, for the the map of ages. So it is this consistently we're seeing advisors who are very busy, who are, for the most part, 
stressed about the amount of work that is on their shoulders. And they're doing all of this without reaching their goals and having the impact that they got in the business to have. So I think that this, you know, this requires some pretty radical reevaluation of their life. And the first is I have to sit down and I have to say, I am the CEO of my firm. How do I want to spend my time? What is going to energize me? What is going to inspire me? And ultimately, what is going to drive however I am defining success? I'm defining success as growth. I'm defining success as a lifestyle practice. Whatever that decision is, I have to sit down and I have to get very ruthless and clear about what am I going to do? How am I going to define success as the CEO? And that is an incredibly different perspective than defining the success as I'm chief bottle washer, I'm COO, I'm founder, I'm advisor, I'm psychologist. And I think that's a skill that advisors don't challenge themselves and don't carve out the time in their calendar to really give the full breadth that they need to analyze it. So the first step as we do a lot of coaching with advisors to maximize their time is being very honest about what is going to replenish your energy and what is you should be jumping out of bed in the morning. We are so blessed to work in one of the most dynamic, interesting industries that is known to mankind. If you are not jumping out of bed energized at least every week by what you're doing, your time is misallocated. I believe and agree everything that you said, but there's just this weird little advisor voice in the back of my head that says, I can't do that because I can't afford to do that. And I'm challenging you with this because I know that you are absolutely ready for this challenge because I hear that all the time. Well, I have to be the chief bottle washer. I have to do all my paperwork. I have to do all of that. How do you help advisors by slapping them around a little bit and having them shaking them, waking them up that that is actually not their reality? The first is just acknowledging that you have to change your mindset. If you believe you are the most important person in the room and every train has to run through your station, you will remain stuck at the platform. So that is the first thing is like, I have to change my mindset. The second thing is there is a lot of work that advisors can do diagnostically on their practice, whether it's evaluating what is my service model, looking at the breadth of my households, what is the size of those clients, how much time are they getting? We've invested a significant amount for our advisors in surrounding them with talent that has been mentored, has been trained, and has been coached to drive efficiency. So we believe everyone on the advisor's team should be showing up as a force multiplier so that the advisor is prospecting and deepening that one-to-one relationship. So I think that there are some really tactical steps. If you're just, if you're looking at your practice, it is, I'm analyzing my service model. I'm analyzing the number of touches with my clients, how they're getting onboarded. And I'm thinking about how I want my clients to feel. One of the biggest mistakes that I think advisors make and why their time is so misallocated is that they're not intentional in building their teams. So to build the team, you have to look at not the people on your team. You have to look at what is the definition of the role and responsibility that I need done 
in order to be the CEO of my firm. And that is, you know, now we are in areas where I think advisors are uncomfortable. They're like, I've got loyalty to these people on my team. I feel bad. I don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. It's just easier to go along the way it's always been. But it really starts with define your role and responsibility, define how you will feel most fulfilled and inspired in the way you spend your time. And then start to look at your service model, because if you are so busy that you can't prioritize your time, you're doing the wrong things. Yeah. Well, let's talk about doing the right things, because you just in your opening statement there, you were talking about that advisors should be spending a lot more time doing revenue generating opportunities. And I think advisors immediately think, well, that means I need to be going out and doing workshops and seminars and all of that stuff. But you challenge that, too, because some of the greatest revenue generating opportunities are right in front of you. Talk about that. This is again where it's advisors for so long have served clients on a wide range of spectrum because they are gifted problem solvers. So they feel a high degree of engagement when they're solving problems. It triggers the part of their analytical brain, hits that dopamine. And so therefore now I look down at my practice and I have no consistency in the clients that I'm serving. They run this wide range from widows to millennials, to baby boomers, to married couples and everything in between. So I think that there is this element of looking at your practice. And I'm not saying that you have to fire clients. Like you can continue to serve the book that you have built, but you do need to start looking at what is going to align your interests. So I share this study all the time because I think it's one of the most interesting lens for an advisor to look through. Accenture did a, a, a study a couple of years ago and they asked, what do you value most highly in your advisor? And if you ask this question of an advisor, you're going to get a very technical answer around the financial plan, the alpha that is generated and you know the, the, the technicalities of our industry. The study actually said, do you share my values? Do you get me? And do I wanna spend time with you outside the office? So if the advisor steps back and says, what are my values? What is my mission, vision, value of my firm? Who and how do I like to spend my free time? And then they look at their practice and identify those clients that most closely check those boxes and then develop their calendar so that it is prioritized around what they have just done in that assessment. And what you'll find, and it, and it really doesn't matter, you can love golf, you can love bird hunting, you can love fashion, you could love shopping, you could love cooking. It really truly does not matter. But if you look at your calendar and you have not blocked out time to do what you love with your clients and your prospects, you're never going to translate that into the growth in your book. Why don't they realize this? I, I do the everything else is commoditized, Shannon. I mean, that's so frustrating. Portfolio management and and all of that stuff. That's all commodities. They're buying you. And when you let your you-ness out, that's when real connection happens. Why do you think advisors are so resistant to that? I mean, this is Matt, what's so great about Proudmouth and the work that you're doing and all the work that we're doing to help advisors find their voice and their brand. 
this is in, you know, in our view, this is the future of the industry, which is shattering. It is not a glass ceiling. It is a glass box. Advisors have been told that we are going to show up and we're going to walk and talk and look the same. And the way that we are going to be deemed professional is to consistently stay in the persona of financial advisor. And what clients and particularly next gen, gen X, gen Y, millennials are saying very loudly, they are in, and the data is mind blowing, right? 70 plus percent of millennials are looking to pay for financial advice. Millennials are three times more likely than a baby boomer to refer their clients, to refer their financial advisor, new clients. Like these are mind boggling numbers. But what they want out of their advisor is a true, authentic, hyper-personalized, customized relationship where their voice is heard and their voice is amplified in that relationship. So advisors for so long, I think, have felt like in order to be taken seriously, I have to look the part. And now if we get out our mallets and we start smashing that glass box, and we say unapologetically, I love to travel, I love to cook, and I am going to share that experience in how I'm helping my clients design their financial plan, how they're articulating their life goals, how they're imagining their charitable giving strategy. That is inspirational. And that is what the future of this industry is going to look like. It is not how many basis points of alpha I generated to beat the benchmark. And quite honestly, they expect us to be able to deliver on a financial plan. We're financial advisors. It's as if you show up at a doctor and you're surprised when they take your blood pressure. Of course, we're awesome at that. But they want more. They want their advisor to be walking hand in hand with them and sharing in every facet of their life. Because ultimately, and this is what is so interesting about the societal shifts that are happening right now. There is an emphasis in the post-pandemic world being placed on connection, being placed on experiences, being placed on longevity, being placed on living a healthy mission fueled, passionate life. So why do we think that the advisor client experience should be so prescriptive? And I think that advisors just haven't been given permission because when I have these conversations in coaching sessions with advisors and I say to them, you're passionate about golf. I want to see on your calendar show, you know, that great saying, show me your calendar and I'll show you your priorities. I want to see on your calendar, the two time blocks that you have carved out to go and play golf with prospects and clients. And they will say back to me, like, it's kind of like, oh, you're giving me permission to do that. Well, yes, we are. <laughs> I'm going to be mad at you if you're in the office and you're not doing that. Hey, it's Matt here jumping in for just a second. Hey, if you want to go from being the seeker of clients to being sought after, then influence is your answer. It's the only marketing that's left today for advisors. But how much influence do you have right now? Well, to find out, take our free five-minute test and get a scorecard that reveals and ranks your level of influence. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. You just opened up another can of worms. And, and, and just so everybody who's listening to this, this is not on the things that Shannon and Matt were going to talk about. But I just got off the phone with somebody 
And she said to me, well, Matt, I'm not going to be focusing on Gen X and millennials because they don't have any money. And I just thought to myself, okay, so I'm Gen X, right? I'm a business owner. A lot of us Gen Xers are business owners, right? That's just a huge part of our, because we're fiercely independent and don't take orders well, right? And so we usually generally work for ourselves. How do you think the industry has to change so that advisors can start building relationships with Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Y so that when they do start having assets, which is really, I think, a misguided way that we're really looking at the industry, but that's just me, when they do actually have the money that advisors are looking for, what can advisors do now to start building relationships with them so that they do become the clients that we hope they become? I'm going to hit on three key parts, and then I'm going to share some phenomenal statistics that I heard last week at Fidelity Executive Forum from a gentleman named, and I'm going to probably not say his last name correctly, but Philip Gwoki, and he's with Brightworks. I'm going to share some of the stats that he shared because it's going to it's going to touch exactly on this. But before I do that, I think this is there's two pieces of this this puzzle. And we are living in a beautiful moment in time for these two, these two facts to exist at the same time. The first is technology. We are now at, you know, with these, you know, we have built the state-of-the-art integrated tech stack where you are delivering at scale customizable solutions. The amount that we're going to be able to leverage from AI with data to continue the digitization and the outsourcing to our tech solutions of anything that is not human to human relationship deepening. So if your tech stack is not working for you in a way that your meeting prep, your workflows, your client onboarding, all of that is highly systematized, like that is step number one to being able to build your practice to serve the next gen, because you've got to have all of that non-revenue generating work being handled by the tech piece of it. The second piece of it is like the holy grail of sales and branding and marketing. We have with all of our digital media, whether it's through podcasting, whether it's through video creation, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, you know, TikTok, all of this. We have now a communication mechanism that allows us to build bridges with the next generation where they see the human side of our existence and the impact that we can have on their lives. Like it is one of the greatest like disadvantages and I think disservices that we've ever done to mankind that advisors don't serve clients until they're rich. Imagine if you had trusted advice and made smarter decisions in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s when it really matters how much more exponential wealth you would be managing in your 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond. Okay, so we've got technology it needs to be working for us. We need to be fully leveraging in a very personalized way our branding and marketing channels so that our, you know, these younger generations acknowledge us. If you don't exist digitally, you don't exist to this generation. So just take that at face value. The amount of wealth that is already being transitioned, we all know these numbers, you know, the trillions of dollars, we're already transitioning about $540 billion worth of wealth right now. So there's money in motion. 
and it is going Gen X, Gen Y, and millennials. Here are the stats, and I actually just shared this with all of our advisors today because it's so inspirational about as you're thinking, whether it's I want to develop a business model where I'm charging for financial planning, I want to start doing coaching online or in person in seminars with this next gen. 71% of millennials prefer to do business, financial business at one institution versus 51% of baby boomers. So they want to consolidate. They want to work with one expert in the room. 63% of millennials believe a financial advisor is important to their financial success. 63% versus 56% for baby boomers. Wait for this one. This is going to blow your mind. 74% of 30 to 39-year-olds are willing to pay for financial advice versus 50% of people age 70 or older. 74%. 75% of millennials put pressure on themselves to improve their financial situation versus 28% of baby boomers. And then I already shared the like kind of holy grail moment, which is millennials referred their financial advisor three times more than baby boomers. So they're telling us in the data and they have been socialized and raised to outsource to experts things that are not their area of comfort or expertise. So they're saying, I want to work with a financial advisor. I want to pay for that advice. And most importantly, I want to better myself. So this circles back to how we started this conversation around time. If a financial advisor is not looking in the mirror and saying, I am going to be obsessed with evolving my mindset to a future state, I am going to be committed to getting 1% better every day, and I am going to surround myself with like-minded people who are going to help me get there, they are going to be obsolete. You're dead and you don't even know it yet. Because the future client is telling you, I want to be the best version of myself. Why do we think that all of this advice is proliferating in health and wealth and wellness? Why are financial advisors being called upon to be life coaches? That's the, that is where the puck is going. Commodity, portfolio management and financial planning, never commoditized. Make me a rock star. Help me live a passion-driven life. That's what the clients of the future are telling us. So it is it is literally as we sit here today and we look around the corner, the next seven to 10 years will define what the future state of the industry looks like. And we believe firmly that that is grounded in behavioral finance. It is grounded in the growth-minded future advisor being very keyed into that hyper-personalization of that client relationship. And it is rooted in a shared kind of lock arms. Like we want to be the best versions of ourselves. How, so let's talk about all of those together, right? What is vital is for that to be able to be done at scale, right? It, you and I have had very passionate conversations about, about, about scale, especially when it comes to marketing, but I'm not going to necessarily just pigeonhole you into the world of marketing, but let's just talk about scale. So how can an advisor scale these activities so that they make the impact that they need so that they can make the income that they need and also so that they can kind of bring rear this next generation to become clients? So I, you know, always try and be careful on podcasts to not give a shameless plug, but I'm going to give a shameless plug for RFG. And this is like, 
We've spent seven years building a fully integrated platform that delivers to advisors branding and marketing, operations, technology, investment management, advisor coaching. And we're not alone in that. There are other platforms that are out there that are, that are delivering these services. It is time for advisors to look at who is powering them. Who is your Intel chip? Are they the best? Are they showing up consistently delivering an exceptional client experience? Because it is out there in the marketplace. And if you're like, eh, they're mediocre, they get the job done, I'm ambivalent about it. If you're ambivalent about the people who are supposed to be powering your firm, you are ambivalent about your business. So shameless plug, but I will say it is time for advisors to get real about there are not enough hours in the day nor resources at their fingertips to be able to have expertise in all of this. And if you see the most recent Schwab study that's come out, number one pain point for advisors has been year after year after year after year growth. Guess what it is now? Talent. We are in a war for talent. People want to show up to their jobs and be inspired. I don't want to just show up and grind for you every day and not feel as if I'm valued, I'm contributing value, and I'm on a leadership trajectory that is going to take me somewhere I want to go in my life. So we're in a war for talent. So if we know that we have to have the technology, the marketing expertise, and the talent to surround us, like we just need to get real about who are the people that we're surrounding ourselves. And then it brings us to this question of scale, the scale piece of it. And I think actually let's sit in marketing a little bit because the easiest thing to do is say, I can't do marketing because one compliance won't let me and two, because it's too hard to do at scale. And I'm just going to call BS on both of those things. You cannot, compliance will not let you go out there and talk about very technical things that no one wants to hear about anyways. So everything that you're comfortable about, no one wants you to talk about in your branding and marketing strategy. So don't do it. Go out there and tell your story. Talk about the problems that you solved. Talk about your children. Talk about your struggles. Share your favorite podcast, your favorite quote, things that you've done great, things that you've messed up on, something you wish you could tell your 20-year-old self. Talk about things that you can personalized and that makes you more relatable. That is scalable. Hire a photographer, get them to come and take a bunch of pictures of you, your family, your clients, your office, your team, so that you have content that now matches the messaging that you're communicating your social media strategy. Get comfortable with your phone of like, hey, I just finished a run. I'm dripping sweat. And the whole time I was thinking about why being a financial advisor is a true gift from God that I get to sit in this seat. Film that video, take that picture, dripping sweat on the trail. So I think it's this, again, this permission, all of that is infinitely scalable. And what is scalable about it is that, you know, one of the great, like, I think, freedoms in marketing is that once you acknowledge that you cannot have last mile attribution, you are never going to be able to look at the podcast dollars that you spend on, you know, working with Proudmouth and PS, don't do it alone. This is not something to DIY. You got to hire a professional to podcast. 
looking at if you're working with a branding and marketing firm, if you're doing a press release in your website, you're never going to be able to say, yep, I can attach an ROI to the dollars I spent on X landed this client. It is a body of work where clients know you before they walk in the door. When advisors come and do a VIP at RFG, they have already listened to our podcast. They have already checked out our websites. They have already, they already know what they're going to experience. They're having a validating moment when they're sitting in our offices. That's what your clients and prospects want. They just want to validate what they already know about you. And then they're energized and excited to take this journey. And they're going to take it with you and they're, they're going to be, we, you just, we, we call it the influence continuum between skeptics and fans. What is happening with RFG is when people come to sit down with you, they're pre-sold. They're, they already know everything you just said, right? So think about that as an advisor. Number one, if you're working with an RIA or a broker dealer, who's not offering this sort of stuff, then you're in the wrong place, right? But, but number two, think about how awesome it would be to be able to be able to market and communicate in a way that would make people become fans of who you are as a human, not as an advisor. If fans of you as a human, then they come in and they're ready to work with you. Now, my last question for you is something that I've heard you say, and I had the privilege of hanging out with Allison and Gibson at Jolt. It was absolutely fantastic to spend some time with them. And one of the kind of mantras that I've heard RFG say a lot is people connect with people. And we've you've sprinkled that throughout all of this, but I'd kind of like to wrap this show up in a bow. And let's just talk about that as we finish today. That is our North Star for all the branding and marketing work that we do for advisors. So we believe so passionately in the need for advisors to define their why that as part of joining RFG's platform, we pay for a complete rebranding, creation of a logo, the website, the digital media, all the videos, tell your story, all the communication that's going to go out to clients. This is the new frontier. Like, and when you, when we were thinking about how are we going to talk to advisors about this in a way that demystifies it, that makes it not so scary and daunting and overwhelming. And I can't do that. And I hate how my voice sounds and no one really wants to hear my story. Yes, they do. And so we boiled it down to people connect with people. We are in the people business. That is what we do. So once you realize that your story, your why, why you got in this business, why you get up and serve clients every day, why you're dreaming about the future, why you invest in talent and tech and all of these events and all this good that you do, all the chair, I mean, advisors are so charitably minded, whether it's giving their time away to boards or supporting the causes that mean, you know, mean something to them. But they're never out there like filming a podcast talking about why that charity inspires them or weaving it into their swag and their gifts or their mission statement and challenging their clients to come up with their mission statement. So for us, it's like once you just you just accept this very simple sentence of people connect with people and you look at all of your web design, your digital media, your social media, your client experience, your onboarding through that lens, it just makes it more approachable. Well, if people want to approach you, uh, Shannon, what's the best way for them to reach out to you or uh, people at RFG? Well, and we love to have conversations, especially about the future of the industry and how we can help advisors like take their practice to the next level. 
And you know, best way to reach me, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, my my cell phone is on LinkedIn. My email is on LinkedIn. Also check out our website at rfgadvisory.com. Check out our women's initiative, which we'll save that for another episode, but Strong Her Money is our commitment to help advisors connect with their female prospects and clients, help women be inspired to live financially fearless. And that's Strong H-E-R, Strong Her Money. And we would we are here to serve. We are warrior mindset, servant heart, and really feel a calling to inspire the next gen advisor that's going to define the future of our industry. Well, you are the future of the industry, and I hope that many, many RIAs listen to what you're doing. Watch, watch, watch what you're doing, because you at RFG are what we believe is the real future of financial services. So, Shannon, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Matt. Love being with you. Listen, everybody, uh, if you want to know if you're on track to be more influential, what you need to do is you need to go to proudmouth.com and take our free five-minute Rocket Booster Influence Assessment. It's going to tell you where your gaps are. And I'm telling you, you got gaps. And then if you're trying to find a way to solve those gaps, you can either join RFG Advisory and work with their marketing team, or you can go ahead and join our Pod Rocket Academy for free. So for Shannon and everybody at RFG Advisory, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint Podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor RFG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, LLC, RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.